Well, it's been a week for momentous constitutional events, and not just in the United Kingdom. While the transitions of constitutional monarchy have gone smoothly in the UK, in Chile, the process of modern constitutional reform seems to have gone off the rails. Back in October 2020, 78% of voters in Chile said yes to starting the process of adopting a new constitution. But when the text of a new constitution was put to a plebiscite last week, 61% of voters said no, and the turnout for the second plebiscite was much larger. So why did a country that's just elected a progressive young president reject the progressive new constitution that he was backing uh, not long after he came into office? Robert Funk is Professor of Political Science at the University of Chile, and he joins us now. Uh, Welcome, Professor Funk. Hi, good morning. How are you? Uh, Very simple question, Robert. Uh, Why did the people of Chile vote down the new constitution? Well, it's always hard to know what's really behind people's voting intentions, but the the the, uh, the magnitude of the vote suggests that, for the most part, most Chileans weren't happy with the with two things: first, the contents of the constitution, mm. and secondly, the secondly the 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 behavior of the members of the constitutional assembly. If you look at the polls, you see that the popularity of the constitution basically started to go downhill almost almost from the moment that the constitutional assembly started. Uh, convening and and working, um, so there it has to do with 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 that, and it has to do with finally what came out of the assembly, which was a constitution, which seemed much more concerned with issues of identity, of uh, things that are very progressive and important, like like gender, like indigenous recognition, uh, like regionalization, but seemed to pay less attention to the, the things that were the principal demands originally, which were things like healthcare, pensions, education. Yes, there's been much attention paid to the length of the new constitution. But I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more, Robert Funk, about that, the constitutional assembly process and how it turned out uh, a constitution which clearly did not meet with the approval of uh, the voters. Well, it's worth recalling that all of this began because Chile underwent uh, about a month of very, very uh, profound and violent protests beginning in October of 2019. And the only way that sort of the politicians uh, and, and the government of the day found to to channel that anger was by agreeing a constitutional process mm. that set in place of uh, that set in place this process which was as you as you mentioned uh, which began with a referendum in 2020 where Chileans approved the idea of a constitutional process and also approved the idea of electing a constitutional assembly then we elected this constitutional assembly and it was um much more sort of tilted towards the left than many had expected. For example, one of the rules of the Constitutional Assembly is that you needed a two-thirds majority to approve any article. And the idea behind that was that you would they, they expected that more or less one-third of the Assembly would be kind of right or center-right and would provide a counterbalance. Mm. But but on the day, the right didn't didn't even achieve that that one third. So you had more than two thirds between the left, the center left, and a, and a hard left, that that you know basically could push through their their agenda. You also had a large number of uh, independent candidates, and each independent candidate came with their own cause. So there was regionalism and feminism and and um, sexual diversity and, and whatever whatever um, you know social movement they might have belonged to. And there were also 17 reserved seats for indigenous communities. And so, for example, the constitution had a very, very 
probably more than any other constitution in the world today, had a very strong emphasis on indigenous rights, and not only rights, but also on giving the country's indigenous communities a veto on uh, issues that might affect their territory, and that was very loosely defined. Now, Chile is not a particularly not a country that has a particularly large indigenous community. According to the last census, only about 12.8 percent of Chileans identify as indigenous. Um, so, you know, that didn't seem to make sense to a lot of people. Mm. So, you know, there were so many things that went into it, and it, and part of that came out of the makeup of the constitutional assembly. Uh, on Sunday Extra, we are speaking with Professor Robert Funk, professor at the University of Chile in political science. Uh, Robert, in terms of the reaction to the no vote, what has uh, the government of a very young president, President Gabriel Boric, uh, done after the results were known? Well, the, 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 there's kind of the, on the government side and on the uh, public opinion side, there's been some protest, some uh, some violence, particularly on the part of students and on the street. And the government itself, immediately, uh, President Boric t- took to the uh, airways on Sunday night and, and gave a very kind of uh, moderate speech and saying he's kind of heard the message, and, and but the constitutional process will go on somehow, and the political class is now negotiating that. And the, Boric also shuffled his cabinet. And the view is that the new cabinet is also more uh, centrist and more moderate and understands that they, in addition to trying to negotiate a new constitutional process, we don't yet know what that's going to look like, the government also has to push through a reform agenda to meet its campaign promises on things like health care and pensions. Yes, and so the process from here, you say it hasn't, uh, you don't know what it's going to look like yet. There are no formalities about what happens if the vote is actually not to adopt a constitution. Is that correct? The rules of the game as they were set out in the, on, for, for this constitutional process was that if the proposal was rejected, the existing constitution remains sure, in place. Yeah. And that's obvious because you need to have a constitution, right? So so now what happens is that because the feeling is that for the most part, Chilean public opinion feels that we do need a new constitution, just not this one, um, the politicians and the political parties are beginning to negotiate what that would look like. And would it be another assembly? Would it be a committee of experts? Would it be negotiated in Congress? That's what we don't know. That seems to be tilting at the moment towards something like a committee of experts, maybe political parties naming constitutional experts and and lawyers and and political scientists. Um, But really, we don't know yet. It's a process. And they're taking it slowly. They don't want to make a mistake again. So they feel that public opinion is a little bit exhausted with everything that's gone on over the last three years between protests, constitutional referendums, elections, a pandemic. Uh, economic crisis, inflation. So they feel they need to take it slowly because the, the people are just kind of tired. Yes. And so what are the sort of next key milestones in terms of the, the ordinary process of Chilean politics? When are the next presidential elections and, and parliamentary elections, for example, and how, in terms of when the likely next constitutional vote is? 
that's in another three or four years. Boric only came to office in March. Mm. So, and it's a four year presidential term. So he needs to, that's why I was saying he needs to start worrying about, in addition to the constitutional issue, which has dominated his first six months in office, he also needs to start governing. And the country is facing a lot of problems in terms of crime, in terms of violence. In uh, There's a kind of indigenous uprising in the South. There's the issue of drugs, which has become a large, and drug gangs, which have, has become a, a, an issue. Inflation, of course, is a worry. Um, so uh, he needs to start pushing through, governing, pushing through his reform agenda. And he said on his speech last Sunday night, he said, you know, there's going to be two tracks here. There's going to be the constitutional track and there's going to be the, the kind of just governing track and the reform track of things that he promised. Robert Funk, in terms of the uh, sort of progressive constituencies that it sounds like had uh, much more sway in the Constitutional Convention, uh, what's the reaction been there? Is there recognition that perhaps the new constitution will have to be substantially pared back from the aspirations that were in the, the document that the people have rejected? I think that's the feeling. I mean, the progressive of the constitution is really interesting because Chile has historically been viewed as kind of a conservative country. And when we had the protests in 2019, there were kind of two protests, really. There was, there on the one hand, there were kind of young, urban, highly uh, educated uh, young people. And on the other hand, there was a kind of just a broader middle class protest that had to do with demanding better social services, better health care, better pensions. Recall that Chile... Chile um, had a 17-year dictatorship in the mm. 1970s and 80s, which which implemented a very market-based economy. So a lot of our social policy, healthcare, pensions, and so on, are very market-based, very much privatized. And so the idea was that we had to move towards a more social democratic model, and this constitution promised that as well. I think that's the crux of this discussion. If a new constitution makes it clear that we're moving slowly towards a more social democratic model, where the where the state um, guarantees so health care and, and, and education and pensions, that's enough. Once you go beyond that into, for example, it, it, the, new, the, the proposed constitution, which was voted down, for example, promised gender parity in everything, but not just gender parity. It promised gender parity as a minimum. So it basically said every government uh, position, every government office, cabinets, public services, so on has to be at least fifty percent mm. uh, uh, women, but but from then so it almost so people interpreted that to, to be well then you might have more women than that because it's a it's a it's a it's a minimum right so those kinds of things for a country that's conservative the indigenous issue which I already mentioned um, then other things that were very hard to kind of guarantee yes. for, or very hard to implement like it said that nature nature and is subject to rights right well, what wow. does that mean indeed well yeah re really thorny constitutional issues thank you so much for unpacking it for us on Sunday extra professor Robert Funk my pleasure uh, that's professor Robert Funk professor of political science at the University of Chile Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.